apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner men. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth and retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to throwing jabs combat sports podcast we have a big UFC pay-per-view going on this weekend. But first, we got to recap the UFC London main event. It was rough. Back-to-back weeks, first-round injury, ending it. But I'm Big J, joined by Joe Aguirre and Jared Jones, and let's dive into it. Curtis Blades takes a victory over Tom Aspinall after Aspinall suffers a leg injury in the first round. I know there wasn't a lot of fighting, but obviously, um, but even both of them said, Curtis Blade said after the fight, he feels like he didn't even fight. So, uh, Joe, what'd you think of this? And can Curtis Blades get this into, be turn this into a trilogy fight with Francis Ngannou? You know, it, it, it's too bad the way this went down because I, I had high aspirations for Tom Aspinall and boy, he got, he got, he got really robbed in this one, but you know what? At the end of the day, with the exception of the big boys of the heavyweight division, Curtis blades walks out a winner every single time. 
and it it doesn't shock me that he that he found a you know, obviously found a way to win this one with, with Aspinall dropping quick here, but um, it's it listen it's another W for Curtis Blades and and you know I look I don't know when Ngannou's gonna fight you know I don't know when that's gonna happen. Yeah, again, this is this is like throwing Ortega at Holloway and Volkanovski yes. and being like, why can't he beat those guys? He's, he's not at that level, obviously, right? So there's a chance there's a chance Blades sees Ngannou again. I don't know that that's needed in any way, shape, or form, especially since Ngannou is Jace's new hero with that so, that solid wrestling, bro. Right? What's Hell yeah. what's Blades gonna do? That's all he's got. No. He, I mean, uh, he couldn't do it the second guy. So. Right. Going into this fight, I said that uh, that the only one that could really make a jump is Aspinall because if Blades wins, so what? Maybe Aspinall wasn't it. Um, so my knee-jerk reaction is uh, that, that Aspinall should – get another shot do we really it's like ortega it's the same thing that happened to ortega can you really knock a guy he broke he lost that's how it works that's the fight game but uh can you how far down can you bump aspinall here i still think this is one of the guys to pay attention to in this division to see where he goes i'm less interested in where blades goes from here than when where aspinall I mean, who else is there really for him to fight, you know? Uh, I mean, that top five is Lewis. It, it, it's Blades, Tuivasa, Stipe, and, and Ciro Gon. So who else do you match Blades up with in that scenario? Stipe is the only one, right, that he hasn't fought yet? Yeah. I mean, that's a fun fight, but do you really want to see that? I mean, I, I want to see Stipe back in the ring or in the octagon, but against well, Blades. What do we Stipe, learn from that? Let, let yeah. that Stipe John Jones fight happen first. Stipe will whoop that ass and then uh, give Blades a, a run. John who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, 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 it, it, it's sad for the two back-to-back -back main events like this, hopefully – who knows what's going to happen in this next one. But Curtis Blades has fallen into that hole that Derek Lewis is in right now. You, you don't know who you're fighting. You, you're seeing all the press for the Derek Lewis's upcoming fight tomorrow night. He's all like, who is this guy? Who is this Sergey? who? That, that's what Curtis Blades is. That That's the hole he's in right now. You're going to... Cyril Gone. Cyril Gone. that's a fun but yeah, Gone Blades. I think I think God dominates Blades, and we see further yeah. see that disparity, like Joe's talking. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the the real talking point though from UFC London is Patty the Batty, right? Knocking him out, doing the tea bag, like Moan Warfare too, like he said. <laughs> that that kid's special. You know, know, it's funny. I'll I'll tell you what. You know, going back a few weeks to uh, the uh, as as far as uh, Nama Junis headliner and how terrible that was. You've had back to back weeks where your main event has not lasted long. Uh, it's ended in in a very unfortunate situation. Uh, but the cards have been so solid. 
and the fights, even even of of some of the the you know lower ranking you know uh, up and comers, there's been some outstanding fights on these cards the last couple of weeks, and so it sort of makes up for you know in the what was this like like a twenty five second fight. Uh, it totally made up for that. I will say that. Yeah, I, I mean the UFC. Say- listen, they continue to put fight cards out there that are very entertaining. I sit through the prelims. I, you know what I mean? It's like I don't mind investing the time because, boy, almost every fight you get is a good one. It's it's really unfortunate that they had two main events end the way they did after putting on such entertaining fight cards. You're not going to go back to these fight cards and say, that was one of the best cards, man. Blades Aspinall, that was a great card because of what happened to Blades Aspinall. And that's unfortunate because both of these were high-level, very entertaining cards. Yeah. I mean, you guys all texted right during the the Molly McCain. Uh, meatball. Yeah, when she did that knockout. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it was very, very fun. And it, it sucks the way it does. With, with something like this, I think if you're Tom Aspinall, don't you have to like figure out your training staff? I think 15 seconds, freak injury like this. I, I feel like that has to be something from training, maybe. Uh, I I don't know. Like n- that doesn't normally happen, right? I, I I don't know, but I mean it is crazy. It is- I never would have said that would have happened to Anderson Silva. Or or Chris Weidman, Weidman or, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, and even Ortega last week. I, you know, the the fight gets stopped and Ortega loses. I would have been like, how, how? After the, the that's one of the more durable guys in in MMA, and he's fighting a guy that I don't isn't a hellacious, dynamic, explosive. All of those things. How did it? How did it, his body broke? It's yeah. So it's freakish, but yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder a happens. little bit if, if maybe he didn't train a little too hard for this thing. Mm. You know, maybe came yeah. in a, a a little compromised, maybe a little little something in the knee, and and it just that was the moment when bye bye. Because it, to me, it didn't look like that kick had anything to do with. I don't think the kick was blocked or even touched. I think it was the way he landed and then caught the punch and stepped back. I think that was that. Yeah. And weird. But, like, it's crazy to see the evolution of, like, training and that stuff. Because, I mean, back in the the shoot box days, like Vanderlei Silva, Vitor Belfort, Anderson Silva, all those guys from Brazil, they were going full hard. 100% 100% sparring every day. Try Knockouts during training camp were normal. And then you got st- stuff like this happening where some guy does go a little hard, a little leg injury, or even uh, really that the talking point that started this show, Jared, was uh, Anthony Joshua against Andy Ruiz. He gets knocked out in sparring, and then you have the whole Andy Ruiz thing. So, it's crazy to see the evolution of training just yeah in- you know but not for nothing i mean dude football's what two weeks out i mean think about how many guys you're gonna get hurt before they even play the first exhibition game which they've now eliminated one of the games you're down to three because of the 
amount of guys in years past who have gotten hurt in those stupid, meaningless games. But there's guys, when training camp first opens, you know, they're just out there walking through drills, Jason. I mean, you've been there. You're a football player. They're not even in pads, and these guys are blowing out knees. I I think, again, I, I suspect, and I think in a lot of these situations, you've got something that was a little compromised. You ignored it. The pain went away. You just kind of, yeah, I'm all right. Oh well, and then I, it happens. <laughs> and the trajectory of Aspinall's career was straight up, all like first, second round stoppages. This guy, you know, looked good. So I wouldn't. I, I would hope that a freak injury like this doesn't cut his career off at the knees. <laughs> oh no! Wow, hey, but that I was, mean that was almost as bad as my uh, my Spence Crawford <laughs> joke a year ago. That was pretty rough. But uh, I mean, I, I will say, hey, I mean, look at what Ngannou did with his he had a torn MCL right in his last fight. So uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot can happen, but uh, it, it is wild. I mean, injuries are serious. This is serious. So hopefully he can recover and get back on track because he was, he was like the real long, the new blood in the, in the heavyweights right now. So hopefully he can get back on track. Hopefully they can either run it back or he can get another decent name to, to catapult him to possibly a title shot against Ngannou because God knows that John Jones might but, uh, oh, exactly. But uh, all right, enough with the re- recap. We got a UFC big pay per view tomorrow night. But first, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. There's no bigger investment than home ownership, and to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Saturday Night Live from Dallas, Texas. is UFC 277 featuring a UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship rematch between current champion Juliana Pena and former champion Amanda Nunes, let's break it down. Amanda Nunes is 34 years old. She's five foot eight with a 69 inch reach and a record of 21 and five with 13 knockouts and four submissions. From Pohuka, Brazil, she began her training in martial arts when her mother, a former boxer, enrolled her in capoeira classes at five years old and karate at seven. At 16, she took up boxing and Brazilian jiu jitsu. And despite being the only female in the gym, she quickly began dominating her sparring partners. She went on to win gold medals in the Pan-American and World Jiu-Jitsu Championships before moving to New Jersey to train at ANA Fight Club before eventually settling down in Florida at America Top Team. She made her MMA debut in March of 2008, losing via armbar, and then went on to win seven of her next nine before making her UFC debut in August of 2013 with a first-round knockout of Sheila Graff. 
followed up three months later with an elbow knockout of Jermaine Durandame before getting knocked out herself by Katz and Gano the following year. She bounced back in 2015 with a first-round knockout of Shayna Baszler and followed that up with a rear-naked choke of Sarah McCann in a decision over Valentina Shevchenko before defeating Misha Tate by first-round submission to become the UFC Bantamweight champion. In December of 2016, she made her first title defense with a 48-second blowout of former superstar Ronda Rousey and followed that up with a close, hotly contested split decision over longtime rival Valentina Shevchenko. After a fifth-round ground-and-pound knockout over Raquel Pennington, she moved up to featherweight in 2018, knocking out Chris Cyborg 51 seconds into the first round to become the first female in UFC history to hold championships in two separate divisions simultaneously. The following year, she returned to Bantamweight, stopping UFC legend Holly Holm in the first round with a brutal head kick followed by ground and pound. She defended that belt again with a unanimous decision over Jermaine Durandamy before moving back up to featherweight, defending her title twice with a decision over Felicia Spencer and a first-round triangle armbar submission over Megan Anderson. On December 11, 2021, after recovering from COVID-19, she returned to Bantamweight to defend her title against Juliana Pena. However, after an impressive first round, she was steadily picked apart in the second before getting taken down and submitted via rear naked choke in one of the greatest upsets in UFC history. One of the most dominant champions in the history of the sport, Nunez has one of the most formidable stand-up games expertly controlling the distance with calf kicks and exceptional footwork while landing her heavy strikes at a rate of four and a half per minute while also boasting an impressive 82% takedown defense. Juliana Pena is 32 years old. She's 5'7 with a 69-inch reach and a record of 12-4 and with three knockouts and five submissions. From Spokane, Washington, Pena, the daughter of a local meteorologist, took up cardio kickboxing while in college as a means of losing weight but quickly developed a passion for before transitioning over to MMA. After a brief amateur career, she made her professional debut in May of 2009 with a first-round rear-naked choke and wanted to win her first four-oh by stoppage before suffering her first loss, a second-round TKO, to Sarah Moras just two weeks after getting run over by a drunk driver. After dropping a decision to Deanna Bennett, she was selected to compete with the ultimate fighter Rousey versus Tate where she avenged her loss to Morass and went on to win the finale with a first-round knockout of Jessica Rakazi. Shortly after a bout with Jessica Andrade was announced, Pena suffered training injuries to her ACL, MCL, and meniscus, keeping her out of action until her return a year later when she earned her first performance of the night bonus with a first-round knockout of Melania Durieva. She followed that up with impressive victories over veterans Jessica I and Katz and Gano before headlining her first event against future pound-for-pound queen Valentina Shevchenko, putting up a good fight until she was admitted via armbar in the second round. Eight months later, she announced her pregnancy, and after a two-and-a-half-year hiatus, she returned to July of 2019 with a unanimous decision over former flyweight champion Nico Montano. She lost her next fight by guillotine choke to Jermon de Durandamy, but bounced back three months later in dominant fashion with a third-round rear-naked choke of Sarah McCann. She was expected to challenge Bantamweight champion Amanda Nunes in August of 2021. However, the fight was postponed four months due to Nunes contracting COVID-19. On December 11, 2021, 
After surviving an early onslaught from the champ, Pena rallied back in round two, breaking Nunes down gradually before stopping her via rear naked choke to pull off one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. A solid striker with an excellent jab to set up her shots, Pena is also one of the strongest grapplers in the division. Will Pena be able to use her jab and grappling to neutralize Nunes again and prove that the last fight wasn't a fluke? Or will the Lioness be able to pull out another explosive victory as she continues to cement her legacy as one of the greatest fighters of all time? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 277, Pena versus Nunes 2, and let's find out. All right, Joe. Can Juliana Pena repeat the upset, or will COVID be the reason for the upset as far as Amanda Nunes? Will she bounce back from that COVID? Yeah, I, I 100% think COVID was part of the reason for the quick tap. You know, we've been hearing from lots of athletes, especially fighters, that your endurance is pretty much out the window uh, when you come back from COVID. Juliana Pena is a good fighter, she's a very good fighter. She's she's not in Amanda Nunez's league, and I don't think Amanda Nunez at 34 years old is falling off anytime soon. So I would expect Amanda to I, – I, I guess this is the, the thing to me, Jared, is can Juliana Pena not get destroyed in this fight? Because Amanda Nunez wants to go out there and, and blow her out in 50 seconds like she did with Katz and Gano and like she did, uh, I'm sorry, with Chris Cyborg and, and with Ronda Rousey. No doubt about it. If Pena could put on a good fight, even if she loses, you're certainly, I mean, the way this, this sport's been going lately, Jared, that's a trilogy waiting to happen. She loses close. It's a legacy type of fight here, yeah. Um and I'm not going to make that same mistake again. I think this is a close fight. Uh, my worry is the weigh-in. I assume that's Tony. My worry is Pena's waiting, waiting, waiting at the weigh-in. Um, maybe something to that. Maybe not. We know news was up at uh, 145 not too long ago. So um, I don't think there really is a bigger girl in this fight. Uh <clears throat> I think it's a good fight, Joe. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to be nearly as shocked if Pena finds a way to win this fight, and I'm even having trouble picking it. Look to me, Noons looked a little winded. Come second round, that's not. That's just. If I'm Juliana Pena, I'm expecting to see a very different Amanda Nunes in round two this time. So, I'll say this: if if last fight was the fight of her life, she's gonna have to do something even better. Yeah, because you're gonna get Amanda Nunes at a hundred percent, and there's no messing around. Listen, I'm not saying Payton is not a good fighter. It, it, here's the funny thing: um, I I don't know if you heard me tell Jace, but uh, we didn't even do a tale of the tape for the first fight. It, it seemed like kind of a waste of time. As a matter of fact, we talked about a couple of fights on the fight card, and and it was Big Jace right at the end of the show. That was like, shame on us. Got to mention a legend, Amanda Nunes is fighting. Uh, I literally watched the entire show because I'm like, we preview Nunes on this, right? And it was like a ba-doop-ba-doop. 
and and Jace did say it's going to be a good fight. Payne is a pretty good fighter, and uh, he he gave her Just that much because I, I also remember saying I, the only way Pena would win would be on the ground. Yeah, making I, making the tail of the tape felt like a pain you thought at the time, if only <laughs> at noon. Yeah, it didn't that's funny. Um, I regret not doing it now because it would have definitely saved me some time this week. But uh, you know, yeah, I I, I, I suspect Amanda Nunes wins this fight. I want to say it goes the distance. I want to say it's a close decision, and I want to say you're primed for a third fight. And how awesome would that be for the women's game? I I, I think that'd be great. You, the, you know, especially if Payne approves, just she's a really good fighter. She belongs there. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. show us, and that's that's what I'm saying. For this, for this fight, it's not normally in a fight, it's not enough to show that you can be competitive. Just to just to belong there isn't enough. But for this fight. Juliana Pena just proving she belongs in the same cage with a healthy Nunes. You're you're gonna get a trilogy, like you said. That's that's it'll it'll be the demand as long as she doesn't get blown out. Just prove you belong in there as a win. You'll have a third third one of these. It's funny as you look at her resume. Um, other than the Nunes, when Pena typically didn't do well in those fights. Uh, when when she has somebody of of a solid resume and it really hadn't gone her way, so that that was uh, again why I didn't I didn't consider her uh, I didn't think she had a chance to yeah. be honest. I, I mean, when we were talking about the a couple of weeks ago when we did our championship material for the UFC, when we were talking about this division, Juliana Pena, not the she's the champion, but is she the real champion? No. We, we we all had Nunes, besides like Jared, right? I mean, she. Yeah, I, I think with COVID, I, I think the best we can get from Juliana Pena is a Rocky esque thing going the distance. I think Amanda Nunes will show her some respect. I don't think she's gonna come out swinging uh, hard, but I don't know. I can also see Amanda Nunes putting it to bed early because that's what Amanda Nunes typically does when she isn't recovering from COVID. So I think it is going to be a fun fight. I expect it to go the distance because I think Juliana Pena is tough. I think she'll be able to withstand it, but I think Amanda Nunes is going to reclaim her crown at the top of top of women's MMA right now. So uh, it should be a good fight, though. I do want to mention one other thing about this fight, though, was Juliana Pena was running her mouth, something fierce leading up to that fight. But then Jared went out and backed up everything she said exactly the way she did it. That was like that was like some Khabib shit right there, I got to say. So it, it, it's, again, was that first fight a fluke? Did, did it have more to do with, with Nunes and, and COVID or... Is painting the real deal? We're about to find out. Hey, and it's another example of bet the numbers. You're not betting the fighters, you're betting the numbers. The numbers say minus 265, and that's too high. I like paying you on the line at plus 225 because it could happen. She beat her last time. You're going to two plus two and a quarter? I'll take it because if I'm 60 40. 
plus 225 works. Play the numbers. All right. I, and before we move on from here, there are reports surfacing from this fight that Amanda Nunes was spying on Juliana Pena during the Ultimate Fighter. Jared is someone who's been there. But how valid is this? How much of an advantage is Amanda Nunes getting from spying in a van outside of Juliana Pena practicing at the Ultimate Fighter? Uh, this, uh, I think... Personally, it's up here. I don't think you're seeing things and making a no and going, yeah, that you can't. Because when you're watching somebody's fights, you're watching the best that they have. They're not going in there and training and trying new stuff. So you're likely to see things that, you know, they're just trying things. It's practice. So if you want to really see those things, watch their fights. Um, but the idea that somebody's watching me train as I'm training to fight them up here, I don't like it. <laughs> so I think it's more of a, a mental, uh, a, a mental flex than a, uh, than a physical, you're actually going to see something that's, that's going to dramatically benefit you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh -huh. Patriots were filming practices and they want Super Bowls from it. Can Amanda Nunes? Well, that's same? a little different. But also, I mean, it's a, it, I mean, I've heard people say in the ring, I thought you knew what I was going to do next. If I'm in the ring with you and I'm, and I'm that half step ahead where you start thinking, does he know what, what I'm going to do? Like, is he that a chess game? Is he that far ahead of me? If you're already thinking that and a report came out before the fight <laughs> that I was watching what you were going to do, it's going to reinforce that is what I'm trying to say. So, so the mental part of, oh, they were watching you practice is like, ah, oh, what did they see? What do they know? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies, even though on paper, I doubt you're getting anything useful. All right. Well, that you couldn't get from watching my fights, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, that's the main event. Gonna be a fun one. Well, I mean, like the last Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes fight. We don't gotta tell the tape for this, but uh, co-main event: former flyweight champion Brandon Moreno battles for the interim title against Kai Ferentz. Joe. We don't got to tell for the tape, so does that mean there's going to be another upset here? That's funny. No. Uh, he already had a shot at Moreno back at UFC 245, and he didn't beat him then. And, you know, he's he, – listen, Kai Kara Francis has been fighting well, but I don't, I don't know that anybody's – been better than Brendan Moreno with the exception of Davison Figueredo. So, uh, the, it, here's an, another one. Uh, uh, Kai Kara Francis also lost to Brandon Royville, uh, who Moreno also beat. So, everything about this fight tells me Moreno wins. Um, there's a reason, uh, I mean, the UFC setting him up here for the interim belt, 
Uh, it'll set up that fourth fight when Figueredo's healthy. Jared, am I right? Yes, um, sir. I don't think that this is the like coming out party of Kai Kara France at this at this point. I think he was just a uh, a good name in the top five to plug in here for an interim bout, but I, I, I don't think so. I don't like to put the nicknames in front or on the hyphens, but Van is just, it's just too enticing. Uh, Caravan France <laughs> is, I've always, <laughs> I've always kind of compared him to Moreno, but he's, I want to say the juniors version, the, the JV version of Moreno. Now, and another example of playing the numbers. Now, listen, any, okay, Amanda Nunes is more favored than Brandon Moreno. 215 versus 265. When I say play the numbers, this is what I'm talking about. I like Moreno at minus 215. I don't like paint, uh, um, um, excuse me, Nunes at minus 265. Right, the numbers. He should be favored by more over Kai Kara France. That should be 300, 350. The numbers are no good. By the way, so, yeah. Kai Kara, Kai Kara France is five feet four inches tall. Uh, he. That's with I, the sliding door open. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, it, there's not a lot of guys in the UFC who I I feel like I'm owning. Like I'm, I, 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 there's no way, dude. Brendan Moreno is like. At the top of this division, he's he's the one A guy in this division, and while Kai Kawa France has definitely been better, nothing about this would lead me to believe he's beating Brandon Moreno. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I will say, I, I don't know why Kai Kawa France. He's got a lot of the casual. I mean, it's flashing knockouts, knockout of. Cody Garbrandt, yeah, he, he does have the, the. That's why the line is at, like it is, Jared. But people do uh, some reason the casual uh, guys are, are flocking yeah. towards. Are him. you saying you're taking care of it? No, I'm not. I'm not oh, at okay. all. But I, I will say the, <laughs> the only way I see him winning, I think this does go the distance. I think it will be a very very fun fight. I think Brandon Moreno will stay behind the jab, and if he does finish it, he'll bring it to the ground and choke Kai Kara France out. But I think the only avenue of victory for Kai Kara France is his explosiveness, landing something big, and I think he does have that ability in him. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I'm going to go with Brandon Moreno. Yeah, Moreno goes land something and finish Moreno? I think that's his only avenue of victory, and I—it's his avenue of victory. But the chances of it happening is like Slim. one and a half percent. Yeah. Moreno's got a chin and a heart like a lion. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not taking this guy out. By, by by round two, I suspect Moreno uh, will have Kai uh, Kara France gasping for air and consciousness. People looking at it funny. People looking at the fight funny. Like, is that guy gonna make it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Round two, round three. I don't know. And uh, uh, plus money on the stoppage. Four and a half rounds. You're giving him 22 and a half minutes in the cage with the guy. Yeah, um, I, I think, I, Jace, I agree. I agree. It's going the distance. But uh, if somebody gets stopped, it's France here. Caravan. He might put the brakes on Caravan. <laughs> Beat the brakes off Caravan. Uh, okay. 
All right, but uh, I that does it for the two title fights, but it's still a stacked card. So, fellas, what's gonna be the fight of the night, Joe? The fight of the night, uh, for me is Magomed Anakalaev and Anthony Smith. Uh, anytime Lionheart's in the ring, you know you're going to get a good fight. Uh, Anakalaev uh, is a guy who I, I feel like uh, could become a pretty big presence in that light heavyweight division. He's fighting the gatekeeper, literally, uh, for, for a chance to prove he belongs there. And... Jared, Anthony Smith, man, if there's one thing he likes to do with these young up-and-comers, he likes to turn it back where they came from. So uh, it'll be it, that'll be a great fight. Uh, bummer we're not going to see uh, two of my least favorite fighters on the planet. I know uh, Costa and Rockhold is out for this one. Um, I didn't realize Rockhold was still an active fighter, uh, and I don't know why Costa is. So... <laughs> Bummed about that one. But then, of course, Derek Lewis fighting. Uh, you know, that's going to be awesome. Huh? So we'll do, do we have, like, an, an irrelevant weight champion? Can we do an interim irrelevant yeah, champion right. for yeah, that Rockhold fight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyways. Oh, by the way, one other thing for the tail of the tape. Kai Cower France has a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Ooh. I mean, oh. for crying out loud, dude. Is it light blue? Black belt. Get your black belt. Yeah, light blue. It's Aerostar blue. What are you doing with this thing, guys? <laughs> get, get in the gym and, and finish this thing off already. You're a professional now. Yeah. Blue hey, belt. BJ Penn got his black belt in one year. I just hope he's Kai Kara hungry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, if there is a buzzsaw in boxing, you know, I like that expression. If we have one in the entire game, his name is Virgil Ortiz Jr. He's fighting a guy who's uh, a southpaw. Mike McKinnis doesn't like to trade much, so it'll be a good test for him. That said, he walks through this guy and knocks him out like he does everybody else. On his way, Crawford, Spence, look behind you. Here he comes. It's the boogeyman. When these guys go to sleep, they look under their bed for Virgil Ortiz Jr. Watch the fight. All right. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, we've been talking about Virgil Ortiz forever. I love Feels watching like him it. fight. But uh, yeah, I, I just oh, can't wait till he gets one of those. My awesome. brother cannot. My brother will never let this go. You remember the guy? house. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> like the fight of his life as he defended his family. My this brother, was my brother, cannot get over he that. Just wouldn't stop. That's crazy. Yeah, no, <laughs> hey, but right. I feel like an untrained intruder dumps into my. I'm 150 pounds. I he walked in the wrong house. I feel like right? I don't know. There's a guy that went. He, he went five rounds with John Jones, right? He can finish. I don't think, but uh, neither did yeah. the intruder, though. Is neither it? did the intruder. Yeah, how do you figure that out? Jesus, um, a method high schooler. Uh, but uh, back to the fight of the night. I mean, Joe, you took mine, Derek Lewis against Sergey Pavlovich. 
Uh, I, I just love seeing on Instagram Derek Lewis going, who is this guy? His name's Sergey, right? But, uh, I mean, Pavlovich is pretty tough, 15-1. and one. It's going to be a rough it's one. Knight or something? Hmm? Hmm? Sergey, is he a knight or something? Never mind. Never mind, guys. Go. Moving on. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, another fun fight to watch is uh, Alexander, Alexandre Pantoja against Alex Perez. Fun flyweight fight. Uh, if I had to pick an MMA fight, that was it, James. Good call. That is going to be a fun one. I mean, yeah. Uh, we'll both e- evenly matched. Both at that uh, on the outside looking in from the title hunt in uh, flyweight, so hopefully this can catapult them to get something after the the fourth fight between Moreno and Figueroa if Moreno wins. But uh, all right, so that's gonna do it for the fights tonight. Fun one. Make sure you tune in. UFC two seventy seven. That's going to do it. And big shout out to Clovercrest Media for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com for a bunch of great other podcasts. Not all combat sports related. You got some football. You got true crime. You got political. Anything you want like Clovercrest Media has you covered. And big shout out to uh, Annie Mac Home Mortgage and Shamrock Home Inspection for sponsoring today's episode. We're going to end the show like we always do. Jared, brother. Hit us with that flurry. On July 27th, uh, Scrub Scraps family lost uh, Ian Leakes Bailey. We're going to do a uh, customary 10 count in memory of Ian. Rest in peace, Ian. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner men. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts 
including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Chawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com. 